2.35 and you're listening to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. And it's time now for Artsing Around again with Andrew Dembina as he gives us an update on the local and global art scene. Let me welcome him to the programme. Good afternoon to you, Andrew. Afternoon, Sadia. And how are you this afternoon? I'm okay, a bit croaky, but, uh, you know, getting by. Good. With a little help from my art. (laughs) So what have you got for us this week then? Yeah, well, okay. So um, as a couple of days ago when we spoke on the Tuesday food and drink Mm -hmm. segments that I uh, I do, um, I, I wanted just to see if there were anything tied around world events. And the biggest one, of course, is the... Russia slash Ukraine situation. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm starting off with that. And um, there was a great piece in the American magazine called Art News, which said that, which talked about how the world, um, the art world, has been reacting to um, to what's been going on with the uh, invasion of Ukraine as it has intensified. And there was um, a, a, a worry about um, it, within the Ukraine itself, which it spotlighted, on the imminent disruption of the country's participation in something that happens every two years called the Venice Biennale. Okay. It's, it's considered by some uh, in the art world to be the world's biggest contemporary art exhibition, which really shines a spotlight on not really up and coming so much there are some up and coming artists from the world over but also there are some who are quite quite big names in the contemporary scene already so it's a mixed bag but really of what is happening now and as it's every two years there's really a uh, a great chance to curate that from venice uh which which they always do but the ukrainian artist who was set to feature was his name is uh, Pavlo Markov, and according to Artnet News, he is sheltering with his family in a city called Kharkiv, which is um, uh, one of the, I think, one of the uh, the third largest uh, city um, in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And um, and all of the curators that were working on with him on making a quite stunning piece um, are are kind of having to shelter in the capital. Yeah, the um, the statement from the team at, uh, at, at in Ukraine who were putting together this uh, what would have been a kind of a, a sculpture that would have gone across. It would be a relief sculpture that was going to be in bronze, covering one wall, mm-hmm. and they've been working on it for five months. And they said that we're determined to represent the Ukraine at the 59th Venice Biennale, but not everything depends on us, so we can't confirm that our project will be completed. Um, It's supposed to be taking place in April, so um, it remains to be seen whether Mm. that's going to be possible Mm. or not. And um, uh, in the same article, there were artists reportedly around the world and in Ukraine kind of getting together over the internet to, um, to have exhibitions, in honour of some of the artists who are not able to work now. And there have been a collective of artists um, in Russia as well who are called A, E, S and F, who represent, uh, uh, who did represent Russia in 2007 at the, at the Venice Biennale, who in sympathy have been posting um, 
sympathetic messages on Instagram. They posted a, uh, they shared a black square, which is interesting. It's the symbol that was used by protests of the Black Lives Matter cause in mm. 2020. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, but it's become a symbolic gesture of solidarity um, and protest. So um, this was picked up by the Russian government that warned of uh, legal repercussions for anyone participating mm. in anti-war demonstrations, which, uh, which, which included online um, posts such as theirs. So um, other, other parts of the world, artists have also been giving their support. Uh, that includes Serbia and Germany. And um, one of the real big concerns is that uh, there's some uh, museums and art galleries in Kiev and other parts of the Ukraine which are worried about their artworks being, yeah, I can imagine, uh, yeah. being damaged. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's one of the stories. Yeah, in fact, excuse me one second, Sadia. I just need sure, to uh, sure. clear my throat. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry that's, about that. That's, no, that's live radio for you. Through. Absolutely, but, that's absolutely yeah, fine. I but I, but I've, cu- I've come, I've come back feeling a lot better for that. Okay, good. Um, so the, the next, the next segment is also about the uh, international art world's reactions to the Ukraine invasion. And uh, this was from a a piece in another magazine called Artnet, which is an online publication that had a very insightful interview with the head of a place, uh, an institution called the the Mysetesky Arsenal, as in the football team or Mm -hmm. the place which is with, Mysetesky Arsenal National Art and Culture Museum Complex, which is in uh, Kiev in the capital. Mm -hmm. And this is a very historic uh, heritage building itself. The director of that has said that she's very worried about their, their, about their collection and, um, and about the heritage building itself and the fact that they were set to plan a number of um, art events that were to be held uh, from the spring, which is the time where people with a very cold, long uh, European winter do start going to exhibitions and having arty kind of interdisciplinary projects going on they had a whole roster of these mm. which have now kind of ground to a halt yeah. and um, she appeals to the world's artistic communities as i mentioned in the previous little segment there that a lot of people are voicing out from different communities and that's artists as well because i mean it's funny that we're even or that i brought this up today but it's um but you know there are just so many aspects of everyday Absolutely. life that, that are affected. Yeah, so. I, and, and sometimes you don't think of that, you know, because obviously your priority is people and their safety and things like that. But, but you know, the, the the kind of repercussions of war and the effects of it. Looks like you're, you're, you're moving around there, are you? <laughs> Um, Sorry about that. Yeah. that was, it, it, it really is life, and I really am at home. <laughs> my dog, my dog, scratching to come into my office, which I just and I, I hoped I'd quietly put him off that, but you, you, you heard. Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that's all part yeah. of it. Anyway, I was going to say that you know the repercussions yeah. of war in terms of sometimes you don't think you know your priority is about people, is about safety, and obviously dealing with the things that are happening just now. But then, you know, the after effects of these that, you know, like you say, art galleries and other places where they've, there's, there's things that cannot ever be replaced, like, you know, and, uh, yeah. and there is concern, obviously, about everything at the moment. But, but that is the effect Actually, of war. 
It is, it is. I mean, um, you know, as you, as you mentioned this, my mind flashed up with some of the monuments in Afghanistan, mm. which were, mm. um, which were um, decimated right. and, um, you know, just, just absolutely centuries or even millennia oh, old, which were, that's yeah, that's, that's um, that, and, that, and, that, and that, you're right, that is one of the, one of the, well, less often sort of reflective mm. aspects of, of conflicts, but of course, human life is the yeah, one that's uh, yeah. standing out the most. Uh, moving on for a third quick last Ukraine-related art mm. report, and this um, refers to one of the images that I have sent Sadia mm -hmm. before our chat it's today. On the Facebook page. Um, yeah, okay. And it's a chance to keep our batting average, to use a cricket term, in an arts segment of, um, uh, of one mention per artsing around of the must-mention three letters in this era's <laughs> fine art world. I knew you know it was going to come. Are, NFT. <laughs> you got it. Those are the three letters, yeah. yeah. Non-fungible token for those who haven't heard us harping on about it week after week. Yeah. Because it really is. Um, you know, it would be like when oil paint was invented and, can <laughs> you know, on, on canvas back in the Renaissance or something. People would have been just talking about it nonstop. Mm. So um, what happened is um, a collage that I've sent mm. Sardia, um, there are some pretty groovy little images in there, aren't yeah. there? You can have a um, look at my Facebook page. It's up there, Sardia's Money on Radio 3 RTHK. The collage is right there. And you can have a look at it. Uh -huh. Yes, very right. interesting images in that. Quite a few of them as well, aren't there? Yeah, there are 59 in total, and it's a mixture of international artists, um, and their work was put up on, uh, on, on one of the biggest platforms uh, of NFT sales, uh, which is called OpenSea. Really, it is the leading platform. It's like a sort of a gallery for most uh, NFTs, the one that we um, did in conjunction with the South China Morning mm. Post for mm -hmm. Operation Santa Claus was also um, on the same platform. And organisers um, got in touch with OpenSea and they curated 59 international artists to produce uh, works or to use ones that were relevant for a theme of timepieces, Artists for Peace. That's the name of the mm. of the online exhibition. But it actually, they they all had to be sold by yesterday, um, US time, which which was the end of our morning time uh, in Hong Kong today. And 100% oh. of the proceeds go to supporting humanitarian uh, relief efforts in the Ukraine. And so OpenSea, the platform that normally takes a percentage, like every real bricks and mortar gallery does, from sold artworks waived completely any of its normal fee mm. so that uh, the proceeds could be un unhindered. And there was a whopping amount that went for sale. Wow. Um, and it, they, they managed to achieve um, in the couple of days that selling was going on until um, just before midday our time today, uh, 121 Ethereum, which I certainly am not conversant with normally, but I'll tell you, I've, I've, I've checked it. Mm. It's roughly, in Hong Kong dollars, 8 million. Just oh, over 8 gosh. million Hong Kong That's dollars. That's pretty good. Yeah? Yes, and I, and I had a look at the works on the OpenSea platform, and most of them were selling between 1 to 2 Ethereum each, which is about 23,000 Hong Kong dollars Super. to 46,000. And um, they were a, a, a real kind of... Most of them, like a lot of NFTs, look a lot to me like uh, illustrations or mm. cartoons. Do you mm. think so, Sonia, yes, when you yeah. look at those? I think there's yeah. almost like an animated look to them. And the colours are very vivid too, you see, so they kind of stand out. Yeah. They are. Very interesting. It lends, 
yeah, I think the colourful aspect lends itself very well to um, uh, to digital artworks that are backlit, like a light box kind of effect. Mm. So, so that's I mean that's that's a really great effort. And finally, um, a non-Ukraine uh, art um, segment for the last ones today, but sticking. Uh, today, uh, as we have throughout, with uh, mostly, well, perhaps not the first two, but but mostly with uh, with fine art. Rather, we haven't talked about performance or anything like that today. But we we often do in the, in, the, in other programs in other weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, this is um, another picture that I sent to you, um, Sadia. Would you like to maybe describe that yeah. to the uh, um, listeners? It's a it's a gentleman with a. Um... <laughs> With a kind of wrap on and short bobbed hair and a moustache. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be yeah. very good at describing it. I'll leave it to you. Oh. Well, okay. Well, I mean, no, I think I think you did. I think you did quite <laughs> quite quite well there. I mean, he's he's um he's actually a Zen monk <laughs> and a Zen Buddhist monk, and the um. Yeah, the image will be from, it's one of those that will be featuring in a brand new exhibition, which is on at the Smithsonian uh, in Washington, the Smithsonian National Museum of Asian Art, oh. it's, uh, which is a real niche area and all the more notable for the fact that it's going to celebrate its uh, centenary next year, 2023, mm. that the Smithsonian, which has a number of different specialist um, museums in Washington and in New York, um, is um, it, it's very, I think, you know, while Asian art has come to the fore in a world context in the last two to three decades in particular, I would say it's quite illuminating to know that this museum was set up with Asian art in mind nearly 100 years ago, 99 years ago this year. And it's so happening now, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 it, it is. And um, so the, the portrait of the monk that we were looking at dates back to 1238. Oh, wow. uh-huh. And so these, and, and, it, and it's a work of ink, ink with, you know, diluted with water in a traditional mm. way that was born in... Uh, both uh, mainly in China and Japan, but also was practiced in Korea mm. a lot. And it was something that did, uh, that was taken up by monks uh, of various strains of Buddhism. And the, the area of focus of this exhibition are Zen ink paintings, and they are highlighting the Zen Buddhism strain, um, which is an East Asian uh, philosophy which mostly has works from uh, Japan and China, with a Mm -hmm. few from um, Korea in the mix as well. Mm -hmm. And the full name of the exhibition is called Mind Over Matter, Zen in Medieval Japan. It's uh, because the focus is mostly Japan, but as I say, China and Korea also features. And there's even a school of Zen ink painting um, from... uh, Yeah, I mean, when I say a school, I mean like a... uh, um, uh, I suppose I mean a group or collective of um, of, of that in the United States. So mm-hmm. there are today there are people of various um, uh, ethnic backgrounds who are enjoying uh, continuing the uh, the form of very flowing lines. So the picture that we tried to describe <laughs> to the listeners there um, is, is, is they're very simplistic 
lines and much in the way that if somebody thinks about a let's say a classic zen garden with some very flowing shapes that are raked in gravel yeah so the robes are painted in flowing lines i don't know if you're familiar um sadia if you've ever seen any drawings by matisse the french 20 early 20th century french um uh, painter and artist but but if but if not he was he did a lot of life drawings and paintings of dressed and 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 the nude form mm-hmm. and he would use very minimal lines mm-hmm. and it's interesting um although uh you know i i said that perhaps the focus on asian art has been the last few decades it was very in vogue and japanese woodblock prints and paintings were very very fashionable in 1920s europe among mm. people like matisse van gogh um even picasso before he went right. angular and cubist so there was a real yeah there was a real vogue for it because i think people um people were starting to who started to collect art were collecting japanese prints at that time so that was kind of interesting mm. um so the but, but the monk painters um of the uh of, of the uh 13th century so from the 1200s to the 1600s is the area that this exhibition is focusing on and if you want to find out more there are plenty of the zen artworks to have a look at at the smithsonian's national museum of uh, asian arts website and the address is yeah. yes yeah it's asia dot si dot edu so asia dot si dot edu and you can have a look at some of those quite amazingly peaceful unsurprisingly um images some of them are landscapes some of them a lot of them are portraits it's so nice that we can actually see these things online now you know because obviously Mm. that you can be sitting in any part of the world and you can actually look at these things quite happily yeah that's true and talking about looking at things i don't think i gave out the website for the mice uh the Mysoteki arsenal national art and culture museum complex in the ukraine if anybody would like to see what modern and uh and going back through some of the ages uh, art looks like in the ukraine um they can go to this website which is art and the word arsenal so art arsenal um dot in dot ua and they're also uh they also have a lot of artifacts that date back to really early days ukrainian um sculpture and paintings there mm. so you know in these times where it looks like we'll have um or currently we'll have less desire to go out and about in hong kong um it is interesting as yeah, you say to be to, able to access to, to these websites and to be able to see these mm. things that's right makes a big difference because people are isolating at homes and you know it's just nice to have those Mm. options available to you brilliant definitely yeah we're we're luckier than uh probably i mean not not that i have heard um you know the whole kind of ongoing two year plus covid situation to have been like anything else in uh you know in, in apart from maybe spanish flu but i think but it but certainly in recent decades and decades there wouldn't have been the option to no have piped in 
um, connection with the world with that, that we have now. And maybe that's why so, certain things like the NFT, the whole development of that has has been accelerated because of the situation that people are, are doing things on computers at home and, you know, these things are just much more accessible now, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, even um, earlier into uh, the COVID era, I was uh, when there was a little sort of break, uh, and I was able to interview people sometimes to do features for this segment of Artsing Around. I was talking to the head of the um, the performing arts in Tai Kwun in the old Hollywood Road Police Station up in uh, Hollywood Road, um, and he was saying that the 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 ability now to have a kind of online arts festival or an arts festival which can mix some live action with some packed in on big screen performances from around the world does give a new angle a little bit to having an international festival in the way that the public may accept it it was thought before that you would have to have everything in an auditorium with the great expense and let's face it carbon footprint of uh, of flying in different performing artists I don't think anyone's ever going to want to, anyone who's into performing arts is ever going to want to um, not be in an auditorium again. No, but it just right. does give more flexibility. Then, Absolutely. Which is, and, and, and yes, and, and perhaps an, an interesting arts festival could happen with a more affordable budget to make it possible by yeah, not having everything to, live. Yeah, we've just had to adapt to it. Anyway, but that, that was great stuff. Thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again on Tuesday. Okay, Thanks. have a lovely Thanks. weekend. Good All right, see Thanks. you then. Bye bye.